John Lorimer wants to be friends on Facebook. Amanda isn't sure whether to accept. It's a long night like any other, her bedroom blue-lit by devices, laptop and phone and iPad scattered on the comforter, earbuds nestled as she listens to songwriters slash folk on Pandora. This is how she goes to sleep. She has three or four windows open on the computer. She's watching a movie and reading reviews of it at the same time. They have zero mutual friends. In his profile picture, John stands, left knee bent, hands on hips, on a rock rising jaggedly from the ocean like a broken tooth. His short haircut looks military. His posture, commendably rigid. He smiles like he's never been happier. Amanda's own picture shows a cartoon cat with its back rounded, fur up. She doesn't like to give too much away. In John's square jaw and dark brown hair, she can barely make out traces of the gawky cousin she last saw. When exactly? It would have been that summer in Virginia, when they were 16, both of their mothers sucking down gin and tonics as if alcohol were oxygen. Years ago. Then John's mother died. Then hers. Sisters so close, they succumbed to the same disease within a year. The funerals were blurred and washy to her. When she tries to remember them, she can summon only feverish sweat and a churn in her stomach. No visuals at all. Now she spends summer vacations with her father's family in Delaware, those cheerful extended relatives with healthy genetic history and aged grandmothers and aunts, a family where nobody knows what BRCA stands for, where nobody has been getting yearly mammograms since they were 20. She doesn't think they look alike. She confirms his request. In eastern Pennsylvania, spring barely registers. Winter hangs on for weeks, overcast and determined, until one day you wake up sweating and sneezing all the flowers in bloom. Amanda lives in the house where her mother grew up, which her father believes is a sign of some great disturbance in her psyche. He thinks it's weird that she telecommutes to the design firm instead of working at the open-plan office in Philly around other people her age. Amanda may be disturbed. She quite often feels disturbed. But the house is neither the symptom nor the source. She loves the place, and always has. It sits just outside Bethlehem, in an area that used to be organized into small farms but is gradually being developed into subdivisions. Though her mother found the transformation tragic, she was nostalgic for the rural existence from which she herself escaped as soon as possible. Amanda doesn't mind it. There's a feeling of nervy anticipation to the neighborhood, like being the first person at a cocktail party, waiting to see who's going to show up. She likes being in on the ground floor. She's only 30, and already she's seen the tail end of too many things. Soon there will be major roads here, and kids, and schools, and malls. For now, though, you can still see for miles over the cornfields, and the night dark is bitten by thick, strong stars. Inside the house, the flowered wallpaper peels back from the walls. The paint on the moldings is chipping. The appliances are mottled and yellow. But she wouldn't, doesn't change any of it. The house has everything she needs.